Our lesson series, Putting Life Back Into Perspective. We've been talking about how we receive information, um, what you're influenced by when you receive information, and all these things are, are important to know because information, when you receive information, it affects how you carry yourself. It affects what you do. It affects what you value. It affects what you believe. Amen? So we've got to be cognizant about the information that we're receiving. We've got to be cautious. And information in and of itself, as we said last week, is not bad. It's how it's used. It's the agenda behind the information. What's the purpose behind that information? Well, when we relate that, when we relate that to how we ought to be as Christians, then we've got to understand to put life back into perspective. We have to make sure that we are positioned properly to receive the right information. Amen? Your positioning is going to determine what information that you receive. Everybody with me? So if you're out of position... Chances are you're going to receive the wrong information. Those of us in the military, we understand the, the significance and the importance of being in the proper position. Right? Because in that position, you have a specific role that you have to fill. How can you fill that role effectively if you're not even in the right position? You may have... Some information, but it may not be information that's beneficial for you if you're not using it and you're not in the proper position. So you got to be properly positioned. Well, what do I mean by being properly positioned? Well, we can relate that. We can relate that to a lot of areas of life. For one, if it's Sunday, the best position to be in is in the house of God. Amen? You sit there and you settle for what they give you on, on uh, TBN if you want to. You might not be getting the right information. Amen? Being in the house of God. See, here's the deal. So you can hear the right thing on TBN. But if God is expecting you to be somewhere... And you're not there, it's not going to have any effect in your life. Because you're out of position. So a lot of those folks that say, well, I can, you know, I can hear from God at home. No, what you can do is receive a little bit of information, but that information is going to be to no avail for you because you're not where God wants you to be. This is part of getting the proper perspective to begin with as people of God. So we can't take it upon ourselves to decide where we want to hear God at. See, there's a such thing as having general information that can apply to everybody. If I tell you right now that the weather outside is probably going to be about 40 degrees today, so you might want to wear a light jacket. That can apply to pretty much the majority. 
That's general information. But now there's specific information that may pertain to you. So if you go to the doctor, you have a health condition, the doctor's going to recommend some additional things that you can do to make sure that you take care of yourself. I just gave you the weather and what the degree is going to be like, general information, but the doctor has given you additional. Here's the medicine that you need to take to make sure your, your chemistry is all balanced. But if you don't go to the doctor, you're not going to get that information. So you may have a jacket. That's okay. But you're still not going to make it because you don't have the things that you need specifically for you. So you hear general information about God's going to bless you. He's going to give you a blessing. He's going to do. That's great. That's what we all want. Ah, but by the way, God is speaking to the man of God or the woman of God that's going to be speaking to your life. Specifically, he gave them a word to give to you. And if you're not there to receive it, you just lost out. Why is it necessary to go to church? Because that's what God desires us to do. Forsake not the fellowship. Right? This is part of, this is part of fellowship. I got it. Not everybody's up here speaking for 45 minutes, you know, and if I don't have to, I won't do it. I don't mind doing it. But I'm not looking for fame. I'm not looking to be popular or anything like that. But this is something that God has obviously called me to do. I'm grateful that I have the opportunity. But at the end of the day, this is about fellowshipping together. And who are we fellowshipping with? It doesn't mean that you can't fellowship with Jesus in your home, but there's a time and a place where we come together as a body of Christ. And oh, by the way, there's a reason why God chose to have pastors. That's biblical, is it not? So a pastor leads God's people, does he not? Amen. You know, it's interesting to me how many people want a pastor. They want to refer to someone as a pastor. But then they don't show up half the time. How's he supposed to be accounting for you when he don't know what you're doing? This is why I tell people, and it's not to be mean, but listen, you're not doing me a favor by just showing up. You're not doing the pastor a favor by just showing up. You're not doing God any favors by just showing up. But if you're going to come, you say you're going to live this life, then as they say in the world, then be about it. Don't just say it. Talk is cheap, right? But it's easy to say I'm a Christian. Look how many people proclaim it. But you take half the people that's talking about they're a Christian and they don't have a church home. They church hopping. Come to church when they feel like it. I'll show up when I feel like it, when it's good, you know. When the spirit moves upon me, then I'll show up to the church. You got the wrong spirit. Right? So we got to be in the right place in order to receive what God has for us. 
Because the things that we receive is going to affect what we produce. What does the Bible talk about the roots, right? A bad root, evil root, can't produce good fruit. So we got to go back to the roots. See what's in the roots. We've got bad habits. Bad habits are evil habits. Isn't it it interesting how we don't want to look at things for what they're worth or what they are, but that's what they are. That's what God considers it. If it ain't good, it's... We're going to put the label bad on it because that don't make it seem as bad. But in the sight of God, in the beginning, there were only two options. And it was good. What was it? We don't want to use that word because that's too strong. Do bad things as evil. Amen? Can we speak the truth? That's all right, right? So we want good things to come out, which means we have to have good roots. Which means we got to be positioned properly. You know there's some plants that you can't plant in certain climates, certain habitats, right? Because they won't grow right, or they may not grow at all. Right? You've got to have the right climate for the right plant or the right tree. Guess what? The same applies. If God is telling us to be somewhere, this is the place I want you to be at. But I don't like the music that they, you know, the music is kind of boring. And they sing the same. Look, this, <laughs> I had somebody ask, why, why y'all keep singing the same songs? Well, God is the same yesterday, today, forevermore, right? I'm pretty sure he don't get bored if we sing the same songs. Guess what? We preach the same message. Just different ways. We just preach the same message. It's all about the gospel, right? We keep talking about salvation, right? Acts 2.38, everybody knows that. Somehow we incorporate Acts 2.38 in our message because that's what it's really about. Talking about the love of God. It's all about God and what he's done for us and what he's made available to us. That's the message, right? The good news. That never gets old for someone who hungers after that. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after. That's the problem. Some folks ain't hungering and thirsting after righteousness. They looking for the next new thing. Y'all all right? This ain't even the direction I was trying to go. But if you hunger after thir- and thirst after righteousness, he says you'll do what? So we got a lot of folks walking around empty because they're hungering and thirsting after the wrong thing. Guess what? If you're properly positioned where he told you to be positioned, if you're in the right climate, you're going to be filled. You're going to grow. God gives the increase, right? But how does he do it? There's one that plants. There's another that waters. Guess what, brothers and sisters? You can't be watered if you haven't been planted in the right place to begin with. Y'all all right with this? 
So we got to be properly positioned. God wants us to be properly positioned. When you start, when we start being properly positioned, then we start to see the favor of God. See, there's a difference. God will shower his blessings. You may get some. Remember what he says. He reigns upon the just. This is, this is part of the problem for us. We, we kind of constitute God's blessings as approval for what we're doing. And then guess what? God loves us, right? But just because he loves us doesn't mean he approves of everything that we do. He don't love the, everything that we do. So we can't take it upon ourselves. If we're going to live this thing for God, then it has to be about God's way. What did Jesus say? Look at, look at what he did. Everything that he did. The example that he set. But he knew his time was coming to be crucified. He's praying in the garden. And he says, you know, if it's possible, I, I really would rather this cup pass from me. In other words, God, if I can avoid the challenges of life, if I can avoid dealing with some of the difficult people I deal with, God, if I can avoid some of these things, if I can avoid a little debt or maybe, you know, something's happening with my bank account, if I can avoid losing a job, let this cup pass from me. If I can avoid... A broken relationship, God, I'd rather do that. Nonetheless, not my will. It's good when we come to that point. Hopefully we come to that point before we damage a whole lot of stuff in our lives. But the good news is, as long as you live and kicking and breathing... You still have the opportunity to make that decision like Jesus did. Not my will, but your will be done. If we're going to live this thing, we're going to live for God, then it has to be about him and what he wants. That's what separates us from the world. It becomes about him. What did he say? Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, but what? You want to get to know me? You got to do what? Search the scriptures, right? Because they testify of me. Being properly positioned. This is one of the ways that you're going to get the right perspective in life. Being where you're supposed to be. It doesn't just apply to to the church building now. How many folks actually take the time to pray about the job that God wants them to be on? How many young people actually take the time and how many of us encourage young people to pray and wait on an answer from God on where they're supposed to go to college? How many how many of us as people, I'm just talking people, especially as a church folks, encourage our young people to pray and wait and fast seeking God on who they're supposed to marry? We could avoid a whole lot of divorces if people were just unionized by God to begin with. The scripture says what God hath joined together.
If all I have in my when I start this relationship is infatuation, there's going to be a time where that's going to go out the window. What do I have left? Because the foundation of my relationship was the infatuation. It was never God. So when that goes away, what ends up happening? There's nothing left to hold us together. But you need him before you start. Right? You got to seek him. Now when we get into the positions that we get into sometimes in life, the good thing is, some things we, we just did. And we did it ignorantly. Thank God for the grace of God, right? So he's able to redeem and restore. But now once he does that, things should be different, right? Because all things become new. So maybe this relationship, you got a lot of people to talk about how they got married young and it really wasn't planned or whatever the situation may be. You got so many different situations today. But the good news is God can take a situation in any condition and restore it and make it better. What the enemy intends for a disaster, God can turn it around and make it a testimony. God can bring value to things that have lost their value. But you got to be properly positioned. Praying for what neighborhood you're supposed to stay in. Because, again, God, everything that God does, it's intentional. Can you imagine how many blessings, and, and I'll speak for myself. Maybe if I would have considered God in some of the places that I lived, maybe I would have been a whole lot more blessed. Maybe I would have had more opportunities to share the gospel, the good news with other people that was actually looking for a way out. I'm not talking about folks that just kind of, you know, just half in and half out. But folks who were actually searching for something different. And how many people missed out because I was not in the proper position? But I'm shouting and everything on Sunday. I'm good. I feel good. You know, God is good. Woo, yeah, I feel the spirit. But then God is like, yeah, what about the rest of the rest of your life? Is this just a Sunday deal? Is this just a periodic deal where, you know, if you feel bad, you know, then you come consult with me. But then when you feel like you got it together and you got control, then you don't consult me at all. Because we're supposed to be doing what? Placing God first, right? All right, let me move on. Woo! Y'all all right? <laughs> okay. Being properly positioned. Now, last week, or the last two weeks, I think we've been talking about, or really last week, we kind of focused on expression of information. Okay? So, we already emphasized what you do to receive information, what happens, you know, the cognitive process and those type of things, even from a practical standpoint or scientific standpoint, to kind of explain what happens or the process that takes place when you receive information, when we receive information as human beings. The expression of information is a little bit more challenging. Once we have 
once we have gone through that process and we've decided what's valuable and what's not, all the information remains there. It's just more inf- there's certain information that's emphasized based upon what we value the most. Right. So then we express or we tend to express those things that mean the most to us. Now we talked about, we started talking about intent versus impact last week. What you intend for something to mean versus how it impacts someone else. And more often than not, we have a lot of issues in our society, period. But then in the church, because of a misunderstanding, because someone intended for something to mean one thing. And the impact was different. And then, by the way, guess what? It goes unaddressed. So this is where you start with the hostility, the backbiting, gossiping, and all these other things, right? People start attacking one another. And a lot of it just has to do with a misunderstanding. You go to another country and you say something that you, you, know, you heard. And you try to pronounce it. Now you heard the word. They used it. So you heard it. But you try to mention that word and you say it just a little bit differently than what they said it. And come to find out it might just be, it might just mean something else in their language. So in Japan I learned, I learned that, if I, I got to remember if I'm saying it right. Shingo means stoplight. Shingo or Shingu means stoplight, if I'm saying it right. And then Shingu, without the G, means death. Just a simple syllable. So I made a mistake when I was trying to repeat it, and I, so Shingu, no, no, that means something different. And just that quick, you can offend somebody. Not meaning to, right? One syllable, and now somebody's offended. But guess what? That becomes a big deal. It could become a big deal because now they see you, and they see the people that you associated with, and they dislike them because of something that you said you didn't intend to say, you didn't intend for it to have the impact that it had, but because they can't really, or they're not willing to go and address it, now there's an issue. This one tells this one. This one tells this one. Now you got a whole rivalry going on. Over a word. You one and you you wondering like, what's happening? What's going on? Why are they upset with me? Why do they look like they want to fight me? Right? And the whole time they thinking, how dare they come over here and say that stuff to and offend us like that? Now, on a larger scale, <laughs> we got a whole bunch of warfare going on. Y'all remember when this whole thing happened with 9-11, the first thing people started doing was ostracizing, this Americans, ostracizing Muslims. Why are you attacking the religion? The religion in its purest form, it doesn't talk about going and committing suicide. It's not in the Quran. 
which they say they follow. Putting things in perspective, right? It's just that you got some radicals. Oh, let me flip that, y'all. Because we got some Christian terrorists. They're not strapping bombs, but they're certainly taking people out. You can't get somebody to barely come in church before they're trying to redress them and make them holy already in one day. Now, I don't discredit holiness. Holiness is important. It's, it's what, we, what we live. But if they're coming in off the streets, we can't make them holy without what's going to make them holy. That's what's going to happen. Ma'am, you need to put a longer dress on. And a matter of fact, you can't be coming in here in pants. But this is what happens. Something is said or something is done and it never gets addressed. And now you've got, you got dissension going on, right? But did they intend to do that? Talk to a lot of the Christians and they don't even realize that that's what's happening. They feel like they're justified. They feel like they're okay. Because they're just trying to help them out. They're trying to get them saved. Last time I checked, it's the Spirit of God that saves us. Amen? Y'all got to stay with me now because I'm not, I'm not tearing down what we believe. We believe what we believe for a reason. But there's a reason, there's a, there's a method or there's a, there's a procedure. That's not the word I'm looking for. There was a process that took place. A lot of us didn't just start living this life right away unless we, you know, second, third generation Pentecostal or been in church for a while, our parents been in church, we got grandparents been in church, and we've been living this thing the whole time. Nine times out of ten, we all came from some place. And God had to do a work in us to bring us to the point where we're at today. Thank God for it, right? But if God had to do that work over time in us, And we can't forget that when we're dealing with other folks who are coming in. Intent versus impact. All right, so this is is something that kind of hit me. I thought we could use this. But when we're going to communicate, now this is in general, when we're going to communicate, something to consider. Because we have information, and a lot of times we probably have more information than what we need to have. Some of us may be nosy, and we get other people's information that we don't need to have, and we just feel like we want to express all kinds of information, so on and so forth. But, you know, there's some things that I feel like we need to consider as people, but especially people of God. Is the information relevant? Now, you can write this down because you're going to find out what the acronym is once we're done with all of this, okay? But the first thing is to consider, is the information relevant? Some people just like to talk, just to talk. They think they got it all. They know it all. They got it all together. And everybody can benefit from the information that they have. 
Because they're the only one that got it. They're the enlightened ones. I'm the only one that got the revelation, so I need to share that with y'all because y'all don't know. But we need to we need to factor in. Is the information relevant? Everything, you know. Me and me and brother Wayne, we talking about you know, man, that sports car we was looking at, and then brother brother Rich come in and talk about you know how he was doing construction the other day on his porch. That had nothing to do with our conversation, right? I listen to my daughters sometimes when they say that they tell about their efforts to, to witness in school. And they, you know, a lot of times they've talked about this, my girls, they talk about, you know, the girls wearing skirts versus pants. They start trying to dress them and I always tell them, you got to be careful. If there's an opportunity to share the goodness of God, what you want to start with is what's most relevant to them right now. Because the position they're in, they need to be connected to God. Right? So it's irrelevant for me to tell you how to dress when you haven't become connected to the source of why I dress the way I do. That makes sense? So what I'm going to tell you first is my testimony about my experience, what God has done in my life. All I can tell you is this. I remember when I was praying one time and, you know, I heard about the Holy Ghost and, you know, and, and I really didn't understand. But I remember I was praying with the youth one night and, and, and next thing I know, I just start speaking in this language. I didn't even know. I didn't have no control over it, but I could hear myself. And, you know, and you start talking about this and you start talking about I can't even explain how, how it made me feel. It just gave me a different feeling. And then I noticed that there was just things I started to see differently. Than what I saw them before. You start telling your own testimony. People are going to be intrigued. Some people they just. They're going to write it off. They're going to say you crazy. But the Bible already tells us that right. But there's going to be some people that's going to be intrigued. If they're really looking they're going to be intrigued and say. Wow you, you experienced that. And you're going to get some folks to say. Wow I, I want that. They're going to recognize that it was a life-changing experience. And they're going to want it. But i got to tell you what's most relevant to you at this, at this point in time. Everybody with me? Consider if it's relevant. The second thing, consider if it's edifying. we got a lot of information, but not all of it is edifying. Not all of it builds up. Some of it tears down. You out there, <laughs> you th- you get into a situation, somebody make you upset, or there's something that happens that make you upset. Sometimes it happens within the home. Husband and wife get upset with one another, and you know, you just, you about to say something. And it might be true, but is it going to be edifying? Is it going to help the situation? You are getting on my nerves because you keep nagging me. Well, that was pretty edifying. 
Lord, help us. We are supposed to use what God has given us to edify. Now, we're going to get into this, but, you know, later on. But, you know, even in the home, especially we're talking about husband and wife. This is more than just a haphazard relationship that exists. It's a ministry. Sometimes we disengage ourselves from the church aspect of being a Christian and go home and see being a Christian differently. So we think it's okay. And then we come into church and I'm not telling everybody, you know, just flaunt your business, but we come into church and we kind of treat each other, you know, hey, hey, how you doing? All right. How you doing? Like everything's okay. But I'm smiling and I'm treating you nice and I'm treating my wife like a dog. Right? Is that a good thing? So I'm not going to be effective. You know, God takes it seriously enough where he says, you got to be reconciled. There's a, if there is a, some kind of dissension or something that's between us. As brothers and sisters, that includes me and my wife. We got to reconcile that. Because otherwise, it don't matter how much we praise and how much we sing and everything else. Guess what? It's not going to go nowhere. God is still seeing that barrier. While we think we're getting somewhere and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, we got an emotional touch. God has so much more, but we couldn't get it because there was a barrier. The barrier between us is the same barrier that we created between us and God. Y'all all right? Is the information sufficient? Can't toss out half information. Some folks, they talk about stuff they don't even know what they talking about. You ever, you ever have somebody that you talk to that always likes, like they, whatever you did, they did it too? Brother Wayne can be talking to me about, man, yeah, I've been laying down them tracks, man. And I tell you what, sometimes, you know, you got, if you don't get a position right, whatever the case may be. And I, yeah, man, I remember when, you know, when I was, yeah, we, you know, way back when, we had some tracks too. He don't know I'm talking about the toy train tracks that we got for Christmas way back when, when I was a kid. But I'm trying to, you know, I know nothing about what he's talking about. But I'm going to give out some information because, you know, it just made me look good. Some people do that stuff for acceptance. But what about when we're talking about the Word of God? Somebody asked a question. Do we make up stuff? We just pulling stuff out that we might have heard. Piecing it together. I remember when, yep, and I take this and I take, yeah, and so that's, and that's really how it goes together. Y'all read that scripture in the New Testament? It talks about if you confess the Lord, you shall be saved. Right? Confess him, confess Jesus Christ as the Lord, you'll be, you shall be saved, right? But we know good and well, 
Paul was talking to the church, but if you don't understand that or you don't know that, you telling people that's what they need to do to be saved, you just misled them. Because you didn't give them sufficient information. Because you didn't know. And then guess what? Once you get that information, guess what you got to do when you come to the knowledge of the truth? Now, if you a big known speaker or somebody, it's hard to denounce, especially when you got a big following. Anyway, moving on. Is the information productive? What is it going to produce? You speak evil words. You speak half truth or you speak a lie. Guess what's going to happen? Did you know that Jesus says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him? It's what? I believe Solomon says that out of the abundance of the... What happens? The mouth is nearly mimicking or repeating what's already in the heart. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Well, you only said it because that's what was in there. And what I said, we got to be careful, right? What we receive. My wife has a comment. I can't. I don't know what she's saying. Go ahead. <laughs> right? And we talked about this, I think, before, um, a few months ago, where we talked about what you speak, you speak into existence. You're writing your own story, you're writing your own outcome. Because it's life and death and the power of the tongue. Isn't that something? So you speak, you can speak yourself out of a blessing. You can speak yourself out of the will of God. So we got to be careful what we speak. Everything that we speak, we got to be intentional, just like who we serve is intentional, right? If we're going to speak it, we know that it's going to produce the right results. Godly results. Amen? So we use the term with our, you know, or, or the scenario with our children. You know, if I go around telling my children, man, you, you, you're just so stupid. I'm pretty sure that's not going to be productive for them. They're not going to produ- it's not going to produce good results for them. It's going to affect them some way or another. And oh, by the way, that's just information that they just received. Remember what I told you? Long-term memory, it's because it's rehearsed. So if I tell them enough, if I tell them that many times, or they rehearse it in their own mind, that that's what they were told by someone who says they love them, you think that's not going to affect them mentally? I'm pretty sure it's going to affect their behavior too. You tell a kid that they're stupid, they won't try as as much in school. 
to get better grades. Because I'm already stupid. That's my excuse now. That's becoming my identity. Because that's what I was told. The next thing. This one's a little tricky. For everyone. Everyone being the key word. For everyone. Is this information good for everyone to know? Sometimes you got to be discretionary. If I'm talking about the weather, no big deal, right? If you got... I'm trying to think of what example to use. If you know that you have issues... With fighting people. You like to, you know, that's one of your weaknesses. You you quick to fight. You tell that to the wrong person. You got some people who will intentionally provoke you to respond that way. But you just put it out there to everybody. Like I like I like telling stuff about me, but I only tell certain things. I t- only tell enough to make the point. Some things just not beneficial. It, it, like if I'm t- if I'm talking, if I'm speaking at a speaking engagement to a bunch of young ladies, we had a youth group I think that was comprised of just the young ladies. It's not. It is not good, it's not common sense to go in there and start talking about the weaknesses of men. Some of our young ladies, they're looking for the attention. So you start talking about things that make a a young man fall. So how do you get them to get the message? Well, you start, you turn it. When we were talking about on Wednesday night just a little bit. You start talking about how they need to carry themselves as a godly woman. And the value of being a godly woman. How God is pleased with that. And oh by the way, you'll get treated a whole lot better when you present yourself in a godly manner. You emphasize on the value of what God wants them to be. And you can still deliver the same message. Because the other stuff... It's not good for them to know. Y'all with me? Some of y'all might disagree, but you know what? I'm just telling you some of my experience. All right. I got to hit these last two points. Hopefully y'all getting these letters. The next one is, is it Christ-like? Is it Christian? When you say whatever you're going to say, think about it. Y'all remember, y'all remember the whole thing, the, the, the bracelets they used to, used to have, and everybody always go around with the same phrase, WWJD. What would Jesus do? But that's something that we actually need to ask ourselves on a regular basis. What would Jesus do? What would he say? How would he respond to this? What would he express in this situation? And is what I'm about to do or say, going to be something that he's going to be pleased with 
Am I going to be blessed for this? Or is he going to be disappointed in this? Is it Christ-like? And then the last thing is, is it true? But you got to put them all together. You can't take one and say, well, it's the truth, so that's all that matters. Some things are true, but they don't always need to be said. We get some folks, I remember, I remember a few years back, we had a guy came into the church and he was visiting. He reeked of cigarette smoke. Now, my response could have been, oh, man, he stink, man. He smelled like cigarette smoke. He coming in here smelling all, you know. Now, that's the truth. But it's not something that needs to be said. Because there's something more important at stake right now. Something drew that man to come into the house of God. So somewhere along the line, he recognized that's where he needed to be. If we do more consideration, if we, if we consider the things that we're going to say and do before we do it, I think we'll end up having a whole lot better outcome when we actually say or do what we're going to do. I'll tell you this, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this. So I was at work. This just happened just this week. And uh officer came in, Lieutenant Colonel, and he said something. Or he was asking about something that he had to do, an action that he had to do. Well, he filled out the form. It was a leave form, but he didn't fill it out completely. But he was trying to convince us of why he didn't need to fill it out. So I'm talking to him. And I said, sir, I said, you got to, I said, you got to, we're trying to help you out, but you got to help us out too. We need that information because you're still be you're going to be assigned to us. So even though you're gone, we're going to be accountable for you. So we got to have a way to contact you, yada, yada, yada. So after the long spill, he says, he finally says, well, I'll go ahead and write it in. I'm going to write it in. You know, we came to the conclusion. He wrote the information in. And that's when I told him, I said, sir, we're trying to help you, but you got to help us. He's like, yeah, I, I didn't say I wasn't going to do it. That was his response. When he came back and he did handed in the form, he told us, he says, you know, thank you for the information. He told me, he says, thank you for being a professional. That wasn't the way I wanted to respond to him, though. I had a lot of other things in my mind, how I wanted to respond to him. That's what's, that's what's wrong with y'all officers. Y'all think y'all could do what y'all want to do and, you know, yeah, well, that's very Christian-like. That's pretty productive. So when I'm standing before the man and I'm getting my Article 15 for disrespect, I can't blame anybody else but myself. But thank God for giving me a little wisdom to consider, and this is what I deal with a lot of times when I'm at work, you know, but to consider what is the impact how can I deliver this message effectively without being disrespectful but getting the same point across? The thing I'm telling you, I try to put this stuff in action in my life. And I find that a lot of times it brings about a better result. I've had, I've had discussions with my boss about different things, different topics. And at the end, 
we're still able to get along, but I've expressed my point. But I've done it, I've tried, I tried to do it in a way where he'd be more receptive to what I'm saying rather than it becomes a defensive. Now we're at odds. And it's the same thing as Christians, how we work with one another in the body of Christ. You got to think about that. Because that's, that's what's going to help us be more productive, be more effective as Christians, as God's people. Amen? That's part of keeping things in perspective, Sister Miller. And then, say again? So did anybody get the acronym? Anybody write it down? Anybody got it? <laughs> Besides my wife, because we always. <laughs> so the first one was. It's the first letter of every word that we. So is it relevant? Is it edifying? Is it sufficient? Is it productive? Is it for everyone? Is it Christian? And is it true? So who's got it? First letter of every word. Respect. Relevant. Edifying. Sufficient. What was the P? No. Don't count is productive, right? Everyone and true. No, Christian, Christian and true, Christian and true, right? Right? Everyone. That's why I said I'm emphasizing the word everyone. So when you put those together, the first letter of each word that I, those points that I made, is respect. Okay? <laughs> Got it? All right. <laughs> God bless y'all. We're going to take our break and we're going to come back and be prepared for a dynamic service in Jesus' name.